This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Mets spring training rolls along. Tim McMaster here, joined by MLB.com Mets reporter Anthony DiComo. And Anthony, lots of pitching stuff to cover, and that's kind of been the storyline throughout the spring, I guess. But let's start in the bullpen, um, where I just want your take. Addison Reed obviously is is going to be the closer, it looks like, to start the season um, because of the suspension. So the ERA is over 10 right now. What is wrong with Addison Reed, and should we be concerned? Yeah, I mean, what's wrong with Addison Reed is he's just frankly not hitting his spots. He doesn't have the command that, that made him so good last year and in years past. I'm really not concerned about it. And the reason why is, you know, when you look at these spring performances from pitchers across baseball, um, you know, in general, you worry less about veterans who tend to know what they're doing, tend to be working on specific things, um, and, and really are just getting their work in to be ready for opening day. But uh, you know, in contrast to someone like a Matt Harvey, for example, who has had his success in the past based on upper 90s velocity, and that's what's made him good, uh, Addison Reed, while he still throws hard, has been much more of a command guy throughout his career, um, you know, topping out around 93 and really just hitting his spots uh, with his pitches. So uh, that's the type of thing that comes last in spring training. Velocity tends to come first. So, you know, with a couple, a week and a half to go now, I'm really not that worried. I I have full confidence that it will come for Edison Reed. And like you said, he's almost certainly going to be the closer for this Mets team opening day. Um, He's got plenty of experience doing that in the past, and uh, I would be surprised if uh, physically he's not ready to go by the time that rolls around. One guy who has put up tremendous numbers this spring has been Rafael Montero, obviously a guy that was once – kind of a top, highly heralded prospect as far as starting pitching goes. That never really worked out. But this spring, going into Monday's action, 20 strikeouts and 13 and a third innings. I mean, that's what you want to see from this guy from the bullpen, right, is you take that starting stuff and, and you hope it kind of takes a notch up in the bullpen. He's been that good this spring. Is he going to make the team? Well, he's been dynamite, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, the thing about Rafael Montero is he's always had good stuff. And, he got himself into trouble, uh, nibbling too much around the plate, walking way too many guys, and as a result, the strikeout numbers were down. Um, but he's he's pitched himself, and going into the spring, I should preface this by saying, going into the spring, this is kind of a real, true make-or-break year for Rafael Montero. We say that about a lot. We say that a lot about a lot of guys. But if Rafael Montero had another bad year in 2017, that's probably it for him. I I would struggle to see him getting another chance. So uh, for him to get off to the start that he's gotten off to in spring training, it's kind of put himself right back on the map. Now, will he make the team? Probably not, but he has put himself in consideration too. I I think the reason why I say no is there's a good chance that Seth Lugo, who has also pitched great this spring and who pitched great last year for the Mets, uh, will wind up making the team in the bullpen instead of the rotation with Robert Gesellman 
locking down that number five spot. Um, so where does that leave Montero? Well, not in the big league bullpen because they don't really have a need for two right-handed guys who are stretched out who can pitch you multiple innings. Uh, I think realistically, Rafael Montero could wind up in the rotation at AAA Las Vegas where all of a sudden he's back in that situation we've seen him in in the past where when an injury happens, he could very well be the first guy called up. Um, you know, if you assume Zach Wheeler will start either an extended spring training um, or less likely in the minor leagues, uh, you know, that's kind of your depth guy is Rafael Montero. So, again, he's just put himself back in a position where he's relevant again, and that didn't necessarily have to be the case heading into spring training. You mentioned Gesellman, and and you've continued. You've been consistent in your thoughts that he could end up being the guy, or will likely end up being the guy that gets that fifth starter job. He was very good on Saturday, five innings pitched, uh, one earned run. We mentioned Lugo, and he's obviously was good in the World Baseball Classic as well. Zach Wheeler on Thursday, the velocity was there, which is obviously a great sign. He's behind the other guys as far as how much he's pitched this spring. But how encouraging was it for the Mets to see him throwing as hard as he was? Oh, it was unbelievably encouraging. And, and, you know, everyone always tries to dampen talk about velocity and how much that matters. But it does matter. And believe me, the Mets took notice when they saw Zach Wheeler throwing 97 miles per hour. And uh, kind of like we were just talking about with Montero, it almost takes a guy who probably had not that great of a chance to make the team, to make the rotation, and it makes everyone just turn over their shoulder for a second and say, wait a minute, uh, you know, this guy looks pretty good. Um, I, I still don't ultimately think Zach Wheeler will make the team. Uh, he's on a very strict innings limit. He's not going to go above 120, 125 this year. And so the Mets have to figure out when they're going to ration those innings. Do you start him out in the opening day rotation? And then, well, he's probably done at some point in August if you do that. Or do you start him out in the bullpen? and limit his innings that way and then move him into the rotation. The Mets don't love that idea because he's had such trouble coming back from Tommy John surgery that do you want to upend this guy's entire routine? Probably not. So the third option would be to start him in extended spring training, and I think that's the most likely option where he can continue to work, continue to throw bullpen sessions, continue to stretch himself out so that maybe at some point in May or June, you bump him up to the big league rotation and he's good to go for the rest of the year. I think that's ultimately what we're looking at. I think while Zach Wheeler has looked great velocity-wise, his off-speed stuff looks good, uh, You know, he's still not pitching deep into games. He's still a little inefficient. The command is not quite there. The control is not quite there. So with those rough edges, I think that's what makes the most sense. And you know, frankly, coming into spring training, like you said, in my eyes, Robert Gesellman was the leader in the of the pack based on what he had done last year, based on his stuff, based on just that whole total package. And he's done absolutely nothing to lose that status in my eyes going forward here. You mentioned the Mets not really being interested in putting Wheeler in the bullpen to start the season. How about, I, I don't know if this has ever come up or anything, but the, the Baltimore Orioles a year ago went with an interesting plan with Dylan Bundy another guy who had obviously gone through so many injuries and everything. He pitched out of the bullpen, but he pitched basically every fifth day out of the bullpen early in the year, and they were able to keep his innings limit way down, and then he transitioned to the rotation later in the year when they needed him. But he was basically pitching out of the bullpen on a starter's schedule and throwing two innings or so every fifth day. Has anything like that ever come up as as kind of an alternative weird plan for a guy like Wheeler? Well, the one thing I'll say about that is, you know, you ask about kind of funkier type 
ideas like that. And the answer, and rightfully so, is, look, this is a team that is built to win now. This is a team that's gunning for the playoffs. It would be a disappointment if they don't make the playoffs. Frankly, it would be a disappointment around here if the Mets uh, do not play deep into October. So they're not looking to develop pitchers. They're not looking to uh, you know, have guys rehab themselves essentially in the major leagues. And you know, a team like that is just isn't willing to commit two innings every five days, regardless of score, regardless of situation, uh, to a guy who has not pitched in the big leagues in two years. So it, it would be very, very tough for the Mets to do that and to kind of specialize their plans and make an exception for Zach Wheeler. And, and you know, ultimately, while you'd like to see those innings that he's going to be pitching and would be pitching in extended spring training happen in the big leagues because he's a very, very good pitcher and he can certainly – help the team uh you know i think it's probably just a better situation for everyone involved that if and when he becomes part of this rotation he's there for good he's pitching every five days and you don't have to worry about anything like uh capping his innings or pitching him out of the bullpen or anything that might disrupt this guy going forward certainly and bundy's situation was a little different also in that he didn't have options so they couldn't send him down to the minor leagues and they had an extremely thin pitching staff, so they kind of needed the arm uh, pitching somewhere, which are two things that, that are not an issue in the Wheeler situation. Uh, Wilmer Flores had a huge game the other day, six RBIs. He hit a grand slam. He crushed a grand slam, I should say. When you look at Flores, and obviously he's, he's a guy who will be able to play kind of all over the diamond in the infield if needed, how many games does he play for the Mets in 2017? I know he dominated lefties in 2016, you, you hear him talking, there was quotes in your story about him thinking that he could dominate righties as well. But how many games is he going to be in for the Mets? Yeah, well, there were two different types of quotes in that story, and I actually found it really interesting. It was after that game, after Wilmer Flores hit a grand slam, he, he said some things about, you know, uh, I can be more than this. I can be more than just a platoon player. I can hit right-handed pitching. I'm comfortable hitting right-handed pitching. And, and Later that afternoon, Terry Collins kind of said, well, you know what, Wilmer Flores needs to accept his role and be comfortable with his role because it's probably not changing. And what that role is, is he's a starter when the Mets play face a left-handed pitcher and when they face a right-handed pitcher, which happens obviously much more often, uh, he's a bench bat and he's the number one option off the bench against a tough lefty. And uh, frankly, based on last year's numbers, he's one of the best hitters in the game against left-handed pitching. But against right-handed pitching, he's not. He hasn't proven it over a long sample that he can be. And the Mets have such potency in their lineup against right-handed pitching with Neil Walker, with Shubal Cabrera, with Lucas Duda at first base, uh, Jose Reyes, and you know ultimately if David Wright comes back, him as well. So there's really just no place you can justify putting Wilmer Flores in the lineup against right-handed pitching. It's a bit of a catch-22 in that if he does feel he has this ability somewhere in there, uh, he's not going to get the chance to prove it. But again, this is a contending team. Uh, Wilmer Flores has a very important role on this team and not an insignificant one. He'll log plenty of at-bats, but the thought that it's going to be more than last year, uh, that he'll get more run than he did in 2016, it's just not going to happen. I guess the positive you take is that you want a guy to think that he's that good and you want a guy to have that confidence. So at least you have that in Flores. He's, he's not a guy that's that's timid or lacking the confidence going into the season. Uh, the World Baseball Classic, some teams have lost, or not lost, but some teams have had superstar players playing in it. The Mets haven't had that issue this year. They've had a lot of random guys. Fernando Salas played a little bit. Um, Brandon Nimmo 
got hurt in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, Ty Kelly is now back from playing for Team Israel. He's another guy who's trying to make this Mets roster, and he just raved about his experience playing for Team Israel. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, those are the guys where it's, it's a really cool experience. Um, you know, guys for Team Israel in particular, guys for Team Italy, guys who can play for these teams based on their heritage and not necessarily where they were born. It gives them an opportunity to kind of uh, strut their stuff on an international stage, whereas, you know, frankly, they just don't have the skill sets to play for Team USA. You know, Ty Kelly uh, was a very interesting case, and I'll say the same for Brandon Nimmo, for Gavin Cicchini, for Seth Lugo, who pitched great for Puerto Rico. You know, these are guys competing for jobs, and what means more? Doing this on an international stage against some of the best players in, in baseball has to offer, and Seth Lugo, for example, pitched against Team Venezuela and Team USA, which might very well have the two best lineups uh, in the entire tournament. What's more important, seeing them do that or seeing them in spring training in Grapefruit League games facing guys with number 97 on their jersey? You know, it, Obviously, in, in my mind at least, it's, it's the World Baseball Classic. And I think you know, for a guy like Ty Kelly, it was a, a chance to show off, essentially. And he didn't perform well over there. He didn't perform all that all that well. Um, but just to do it on a, on a big stage, I think was great experience for him. Um, he has an uphill climb to make this roster, but it is possible. Um, he can play everywhere, including the outfield, which is something the Mets value, particularly if Brandon Nimmo, who uh, injured himself actually in the World Baseball Classic, if that hamstring injury lingers, then maybe there's a spot on this team for Ty Kelly. Um, but just the experience of doing that, I, I know he wouldn't trade, and I don't think any of these guys would trade it for the world. Great stuff, Anthony. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Mets edition. For Anthony DeComo, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.